0: You're listening to episode number seven of This Is Us podcast, brought to you by Joanne the Life Coach Podcast Productions. You can find out more about my other podcasts at joannthelifecoach.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Episode 7 of This Is Us Podcast with Joanne Filomena from Joanne the Life Coach Podcast, author of Widowed and host of Weight Coach Podcast and Widowcast. Today, I'm joined again by Rachel Nakmias. Did I say it right? Got it. Yay. Who's an image consultant and owner at Best Dressed and the author of the upcoming book, The Face of the Business. Thanks, Joanne. Yeah. So we have episode seven, the best washing machine in the whole world. The air date, November 15th. The director is Silas Howard. Again, another new director on this. And when I looked at his background, he is um, a director on Transplant. Is that the HBO one? Um, yeah, I think so. Or yeah. And apparently is the first transgender director for the show Transparent, which is, you know, that's a cool accolade. The writer is K.J. Steinberg. First time I've seen that writer on the show. I didn't have a chance to look for any background on this writer, Um, but just going on into this. Right up front, I'm going to say that this show was a little lackluster to me compared to the other episodes. I think a but, lot of people were saying that. Were they? Okay, because I haven't had a chance to, you know, I like avoid social network like the plague until I have a chance to ep- podcast on the episode because I don't want to be influenced by anything else out there for what I say or do on this. In other words, I don't want to just parrot. What's out there. But tell me, Rachel, because. Yeah, I just, some people were saying that
1: this episode was a little bit slow. And as I went through, I think the, the, I was trying to figure out like what exactly made it slow because there were similar kind of plot points and similar sort of connections between the past and the present that we've been seeing. But I did notice that there were far fewer cuts. There were longer scenes in this episode with, um, you know, less up and back, and so maybe that is um, partially maybe what made this episode a little bit slow. I also felt, you know, maybe we'll get into more as we get into the episode, but I did feel a little bit like there was almost like too much in this episode that the characters weren't saying to each other, Um, which kind of drained maybe a little bit of the action
0: out of the episode. But I'm also thinking that was a big point of the episode, which we can get into, but I think it was that they weren't, it was all the stuff they weren't saying to each other. Right. All the characters.
1: Which Um, like makes sense in terms of the plot, but wasn't as entertaining to watch.
0: Right, right. I didn't find it slow so much as I think it's just, we didn't get the big goosebump moments. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it really, this is an episode, I think, that just served to take us a little further into each character, yeah. into the development. You know, purely, they're not going to, they weren't revealing anything that we didn't really already know. few things, maybe. But, um, you know, this was just to kind of move us along in their lives a little bit. So, we open going through the years wash load by wash load washing machine by washing machine and we hear all the voiceovers as we're seeing these different washing machines the kids voices grow a little older um, until we land on the best washing machine in the world which is the name of the episode the best washing machine in the whole world right and we hear the big three cheer. um rebecca's talking about you know a kitchen remodel. The boys arguing the way that adolescent boys do. You know, you said this. Well, you said balls. Oh, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we see the boys, teenagers, in their bedroom. And Kevin throws a football at Randall because he wants him to turn out the light. It's apparently 2 o'clock in the morning. we discover that Randall still has the blanket he was found in. Mm-hmm. I, I was... Thought that was kind of touching. I, you know, that he still and he knows he's adopted and he knows he was found wrapped in that blanket. Yeah. Rebecca comes in to see what's going on, and you know they fuss back and forth. It ends up with Kevin moving to the basement. Right. She says, "You know, the only place to put you in your own room is the basement," and he says, "I'll take it." And well,
1: I, and then Randall's like, you know, I'll I'll go in the kitchen. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, he kind of doesn't want him to go in the basement. Yeah. Um. And um. You know, Kevin's just kind of like whatever.
0: Yeah. Kevin's done. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's. That that animosity for
1: him in the teen years is just so white hot. It's like there is, it just feels like there's nothing that Randall can do to.
0: Oh, I know it. I know it. And you know, I really wanted to, when I, by the time I got to the end of the episode, maybe I'm jumping ahead in my judgments, but I wanted to share it right up front is I start, I, you know, I was thinking that through this whole episode about my own brothers, Hmm. um, who they were about four years apart, three, four years apart in age, I think. And the animosity between Kevin and Randall really has nothing to do with the fact that Randall's black, may not have anything to do with the fact even that he's adopted. It's brothers. Now, I'm sure that there are brothers on the planet who like bonded really closely. My brothers didn't. My brothers were just like that, yeah hated each other, got into fist fights it got ugly in the teenage years they we finally my mom figured out in the household how to shift everything around to give my brothers their own rooms yeah if, uh, you know they had to and I remember my parents having that conversation and my dad saying you know they're at an age where they need to be in their own rooms we can't expect them to be sleeping in the same bed anymore I think they had like a Double bed in their room. They were both even in the same bed. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. That's that's interesting because um, I I just have one brother, so it was just me and him. And in our relationship, we would kind of like fight like cats and dogs when we were little. Um, yeah. And then by the time we got to like our our teenage years, um, we actually just kind of like became friends. Like we we just kind of started talking and. Um, part of it was maybe that we went to different schools, although that doesn't seem to have helped for Randall and Kevin.
0: Right, right. And really brother-sister relationships are entirely different than brother and brother relationships. I would think so. Because my brothers would pick on me just mercilessly, but if anybody else picked on me, they would have just flattened them out. Totally. You know, so, (laughs) yeah, it was a real different dynamic. So in watching them fighting in the bedroom like that, what I was seeing was at least in my household some pretty normal brother behavior you know that kind of animosity, and did my brothers ever become really close? No, they didn't. they really did not like each other mm-hmm. okay they were they had they shared even the same parents, but they were not compatible, period, and there was always that mom likes you best stuff going on, and yeah. So, anyway, we cut from that to seeing Kevin running in the neighborhood, in Randall's neighborhood. hmm And clearly, he now knows all the neighbors by name. Right. Hey, Joe. How you doing? That's <laughs> yeah. like super extrovert Kevin. Yeah, it was cracking me up. And then, also, you realize, like, Kevin's been hanging out for a while now at their house. Yes. That he's got the neighbors all down by first name. Right. He sees Randall ahead and sprints to catch up and it immediately becomes a running competition between them. Yep. Okay. Back at the house, we see the girls being shuttled off for school and Beth asked about a legal pad in her office. Kevin and uh, Randall have run and they've come home now. And she asked him, did you see a legal yellow legal pad in my office? And he said, Oh, you mean my bedroom? (laughs) You see the look on her face after that. Um, Randall and Kevin have a dinner date with their mom. And Beth questions that for Randall. Like at first she doesn't realize that the mom is going to be there. And she's thinking it's going to be the two of them alone. It says, I can't imagine the two of you alone together in the same room. Even I've never seen the two of you alone. You're like Cain and Abel. Right. And it's and, the kind of thing that you don't think about till somebody points it out. Right. Right. And the brother competitive thing. Randall right away says, well, I'd be Abel, right? Because Abel won. Or Cain. I'd be Cain, right? Because Cain won. Right. Right. And, you know, it's just such a brother competitive thing to do. Well, and they were, and and Kevin was like, I did six
1: miles. And, and Randall's like, well, I did eight. <laughs> Yeah, to yeah. Each other.
0: at the end of that scene, we even see like Randall's little running watch saying, this has been your fastest time ever, your fastest run ever. And he says, damn straight, you know, <laughs> right, right. So good. Then we get to Kate and Toby. I have so much to say about these scenes. We'll have this,
1: yeah, we have this <laughs> um, scene with her. I thought it was um, kind of fun how it cut from that scene about them running to her on the treadmill.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, the cuts are great. Yeah. I love that they hang together. And Kate is clearly doing it. I mean, she is doing it. Clean food, her power walking on the treadmill. She has her motivation pictures taped up on her fridge. We now see new Post-its in her fridge, which I still don't buy as reality. No. (laughs) But the Post-its now say things like protein, carbs, veggies. Right. And clearly, she's feeling really good about how she's doing. Mm -hmm. And the song, I don't know if you noticed, the song playing in the background for this is Best Day Ever.
1: Oh, yeah, I I missed that one. There were a lot of interesting uses of music in this episode, which there were a little bit different than some of the other episodes. Um, Yeah. but, But that one I missed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, best day ever. And she is having the best day ever. She's having the best week ever. She's on top of her food. I have dieted in the past. I know how that feels. When it's like you are so in control, you are on top of it. Mm -hmm. I control the universe. Everything's going to go my way. (laughs) Yeah, she's really feeling good about herself. And we see her in line for the group weigh-in. And she looks confident. She even looks fitter as she's standing in line. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Toby is questioning the fact that she said she just peed. (laughs) Right, right. Now, anyone knows this who's ever done a weekly weigh-in or even weighed in on their own at home. When you are tracking your weight, you pretty quickly learn that peeing can be half a pound. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, eight ounces. a cup of water is eight ounces. that's half a pound well and, and and you'll you'll
1: do like whatever to to make that number as low as it can be,
0: oh yeah, yeah, I've talked about taking off my earrings before weighing, right you know well so. for <laughs> flip flops which can't weigh, but like. Oh, no, shoes have to come off. Right. Rachel, when you weigh in, you got to take your shoes off. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, that's that's what you do, absolutely. <laughs> but I noticed the dynamic, because a little bit later in the scene, when Toby gets on the scale, he doesn't even take his shoes
0: off. He's a guy. <laughs> you know, his guy. <laughs> yeah. So um, she weighs in, and she's like, she's going to crush this Mm weigh-in. But she lost one and a quarter pounds. Yeah. And she is clearly disappointed. Now, I have to tell you, Rachel, I looked at a recap on this show from a well-established Entertainment Weekly, because I was trying to find out who the director and the writer was. Mm -hmm. And I saw the writer completely missed this part of the plot point. Like the person writing that article thought a pound and a quarter was great. Yay. Right. Yay. Kate. If you've never had to diet and especially if you've never needed to take off huge amounts of pounds, you don't know how disappointing one pound can be.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, and that, that pee she took was half of it.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I, I, I don't know how you can miss that plot point. And I think because, yeah, clearly, clearly one pound is is not great. And I also um, I think probably a lot of people, if I had to guess, are going to watch this episode and assume that the fact that she like, you know, only lost a pound and a quarter means that, you know, she wasn't really sticking to the program, even though they clearly showed that she was before giving the intro to this. But I think it's, like, I've been there, and I think it's fair to absolutely assume that Kate has been doing everything she's supposed to be doing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the woman weighing her in seems to, hey, you know, take it. This is, you know, but Kate's still disappointed. Totally disappointed, and I get that. I've even had, you know, I've had clients that have more than a hundred pounds to lose, and they've told me things like, "Dropping five pounds is not good enough." Yeah, yeah. You know, with that amount of weight to lose, it's disappointing to even see just five pounds down. It's like that's not good enough. I need to be because they're looking at so much weight that they are wanting to take off instead of just looking at the next increment. You know, well, like I try to tell them, only look at the next 20 pounds. This is what you're doing right now is losing 20 pounds. Because if you think about losing 100 or 150 pounds, that's overwhelming.
1: Yeah. Well, um, also, like, think looking at how hard Kate is working, Like, like, the – difficulty level that she's doing, like doing this at with her diet that she's on, Mm -hmm. um, you can totally see why, even if she's saying to herself, okay, now I just need to do, you know, do that for two more years, how like she's probably feeling like I'm not going to get
0: through that. Right, right. Yeah. And you know, the real severe calorie restriction and all that, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's sustainable for two years. Right. Right. You know, maybe it is for some people. It's an incredible feat because it goes against, well, go listen to Weight Coach. (laughs) Goes against everything. Right. Um, Then Toby gets on the scale with his shoes on and drops a whopping eight pounds. Mm -hmm. Now, this is worthy of a Biggest Loser episode to lose eight pounds. As a matter of fact, the woman weighing him in says another eight pounds. Right, which means this has kind of been his mo. Mm-hmm. He's dropping weight like crazy. Right, and um, Kate is like, "Yay, you!" But you can see on her face, like, this is so not fair. Yeah, and I th- and
1: I I think we're supposed to assume at this point that Toby's lost like, I don't know, maybe thirty, forty, fifty pounds.
0: Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't know. Because um, of some of the stuff that happens later. On, and because the yeah. woman says, oh, another eight pounds and you're at your monthly goal already, which it sounds like, you know, it's not the end of the month or whatever. Right, um, right. But, you know, that's that's men. That's how
0: men lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. So all the meeting members gather around to whoop it up with Toby. You know, he says, yeah, OK, I'll do the victory thing. And while they're all gathered around cheering him because he's hit his monthly goal you see Kate walking out of the room right she's totally deflated Mm -hmm. now eight pounds I don't even know that that's normal for men because when I was all my weight watcher years and stuff and we had men in there and they might lose four or five pounds a week but an eight pound week is still pretty damn special
1: yeah I mean to to be fair um I've been at like an eight pound week is like something that you would get at a weight loss retreat, honestly. Um, So that's definitely, you know, it's it's not easy to pull that off no matter what. Right. Um, But probably everything that he did, Kate also did. And she lost a pound. Right. Right.
0: An eight pound weight loss on the biggest loser. You have to understand they make it look like it's been a week when actually it's been like two weeks. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are never one week increments. Yeah. All this all this has finally come out because there's contestants that are talking, even though there's like total gag orders written into their contracts. Anyway, we later see her calling Toby to apologize for ducking out of the meeting like that. You know, apparently she totally left. She just left. She didn't say goodbye to him. She went straight out of the meeting Mm -hmm. and he's not picking up the phone. So she goes to his place and we see there are pizza boxes, snack cakes, sodas, ranch flavored, whatever. (laughs) And he's kind of blowing it off and, you know, and jokingly says, Oh, it's the maid's day off. You know, he's trying to pick up all this stuff. Right. She calls him out on the binge
1: hmm.
0: Now and, and he insists he's just done with dieting. I have my own opinions on this. I think it's a backlash for him of Kate having walked out while he was celebrating.
1: Oh, interesting. I kind of yeah. thought maybe it was like, um, like just sort of your run of the mill self sabotage of like, oh, like I, I just hit a goal that I didn't think I was going to hit. Uh And so like that part of my brain that's trying to keep me from changing and from being a different person is trying to like take me back to where I was before.
0: Right, which is kind of what I thought on the first watch. It was on the second watch, though, that I kind of went, oh, oh, wait, you know, if she left while he was still celebrating. And then when he was done doing his little victory thing with everybody, which I'm sure he thought was ridiculous to even do, but he was going to indulge everybody and do his little celebration. Right. And then to look around and realize Kate's gone. Mm -hmm. She's walked out. Yeah. Now I know that, you know, Toby being who he is hung out and joked at the meeting, but he was probably kind of gutted about that because he realized, Oh I've really screwed up just by losing weight I've screwed up right, and that this may have triggered or contributed to that snack 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 accident <laughs> <laughs> she calls him out on the binge. he says. Denying himself food, depriving himself, that's the word I was searching for. Depriving himself is making him absolutely nuts, Mm -hmm. which you're right. You're right, Toby. (laughs) That's what happens if you deprive yourself.
1: Yeah, part of me, even though like what he was doing instead was obviously not the idea. uh, (laughs) I think when he said, you know, I'm done with dieting, the part of me was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because dieting doesn't work. Um, right. Right. And um, and like, clearly, or I mean, maybe there's a part of him that's realizing that what they've been trying to do is not sustainable.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But Kate is really hurt. She's really cut too by seeing that he's eating all this crap. And she's saying, you know, she only agreed to go out with him because he said he would lose the weight. For her and with her and they're supposed to be doing it together mm-hmm. and now she doesn't know how this is going to work yeah. if she's still trying to lose weight and he's eating pizzas right, right? and he says he's going to show her they're going to go to dinner he's going to stick with her you know they both ordered the chicken but it kind of proves to be a real struggle because when the waiter says should I bring over the dessert tray and he says absolutely not and Kate looks at him and realizes, now nah, he really wants it. Yeah. And tells him, you know what, you need to you need to get the dessert. You want it anyway. If you don't have it now, you're going to end up totally binging on mediocre sweets when you get home. Right?
1: Yeah. And she says she he's got like a full-on food mistress, which I right. thought was a really um, funny
0: turn of phrase. Although it's kind of true, you know. It's true. It's true. Although he says he will never love her as much as he loves Kate. Right. But he says it in that superficial Toby way. Right. He's kind of joking around about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think he's really good at deflecting by keeping the mood light.
0: Yeah. Uh, He doesn't want to go deep on anything.
1: Yeah. And so sometimes I think, um, you know, while sometimes I think Kate can be like overly reactive or there's some times where she hasn't maybe treated him great um at the same time i feel like sometimes she has a level of wanting to be real that he's not willing to go
0: to right well we've already seen that that basically toby has to get really pissed off before he'll say anything yeah yeah Otherwise, he keeps it really superficial and light. And of course, he chooses like the gooeyest, hugest dessert on the platter. Right. And she's watching him eat this monstrosity. It's not like he didn't take, you know, the little slice of cheesecake. It was going to look reasonable. No, he's got this tower of God knows what. Yeah. And she says, I'll just have to handle it. Yeah. Right. Right. But she doesn't. I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but to kind of collapse things down, we see Kate on the way home and her car is on empty. So she pulls into a gas station and uh, to gas it up and she ends up with powdered donuts. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like she didn't acknowledge her own advice that she gave to Kevin. Like she was telling him, I'm just going to have to handle it. But by not having a bite of what was there then. She ends up, when she stops for gas, going in and buying crap.
1: For me, this is like the best scene in this episode. The the one that I really felt a connection to. Mm -hmm. Partially because, you know, sometimes we've critiqued the way that they're showing, they've shown Kate in the past. But like, this is how it happens. Like, you know, it's not that she has no willpower. She clearly does. Yeah. Um, and you know, she, she said no all week. She said no at dinner. Um, and, and even when she did eat the donut, we didn't see her like pressing her face into a, an entire bag of them. Right. Saw right. Eat one little donut and take one little bite. And it was just kind of like the look on her face and the emotional, um, tone of that scene, that told you everything you needed to know about what was going oh, on. Oh,
0: I know you feel so terrible for her and you know, eating in the car is like the height of emotional eating. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was so much about having watched him eat that dessert as it was. And this is what she's not admitting to herself. She thinks it's because he ate the dessert, right? What it really is that she's eating down with that donut is her fear that they're over. Yeah. Right. That this is not going to work. She's lost him. He doesn't really support her. You know, like maybe yeah. he should have argued back about eating that dessert or picked something as low as possible in calories for dessert. So I really think what she's eating is this fear of losing the connection with Toby. Yeah. And yeah. and
1: it's so funny, too, because she's doing exactly what she just told him she didn't want him to do.
0: That's it. She didn't She didn't hear her own advice that she told him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there was something about this whole scene that bugged me all the way through it. Oh, you Rachel. go ahead. And it, I'm t- well, no, it's not even coaching. They showed a close-up twice of the nozzle in her gas tank on her car. Uh-huh. And she came back with the donuts and got in her car, and that nozzle's still sitting in her gas tank. Uh-huh and i was freaking out that she's forgetting the nozzle is still in her gas tank and she's going to try to drive away oh
1: yeah well you know it, i think in tv sometimes we have to assume that even if we don't see the thing that's like kind of not particularly interesting to look at like her taking the nozzle out of the car um that nothing's going to happen around it because they showed us the nozzle again like at, right before she drove off, if she were going to drive off of it.
0: You know what I mean? I know it, but that was like such pur- purposeful close-ups of that. They did it, not once. Once was good. Right. Once was like showing a C, she really only stopped for gas. Right. But then when she came back out of the, the little convenience part of the gas station, they showed that close-up of it again as she went around and got into the driver's side of the car. Which to me said, "Alert! Alert! Alert!" They're showing us that she didn't even stop to take the nozzle out. She's going to drive off without it. So I was just disturbed all through it. And we still don't know. Like, did she eat several donuts and then remember to take the nozzle out of her car?
1: Oh, I'm I'm sure I can't imagine that they're going to go with that.
0: I can't be totally alone. I can't be the only one hung up on that image. (laughs) I mean, I know they're not going to go back in another episode and show us her driving off with the nozzle in her car. But, you know, it was just like one of those things. And I was just disturbed by that. um,
1: It's kind of like Randall's cat, or I mean, uh, William's cat.
0: Oh, right. We don't know that anybody is feeding William's cat now. Right. (laughs) I know. So, from this scene, um, we get Kevin and Randall. Randall is in the conference room of his office building, and he's joking about in his presentation to his coworkers. These are jokes that are really dry, but they all laugh. They all get it. They're all whatever it is he does. Weather traders. So, one of his coworkers looks up and sees Kevin through the glass. He's on the outside of the conference room and um, everybody looks up and starts giggling because Kevin's like waving at Randall Mm -hmm. and Randall's telling him, wait for me in my office. Yes, yes. Wait for me in my office.
1: Well, and they're all like, is that the Manny? I know. I know. And They're all like, you know, Randall may as well be chopped liver
0: standing up there as soon as the man walks in. Right. And again, you see the charisma factor. Yes. You know, Kevin is on the other side of the glass and immediately the entire office room is enchanted with him. Mm -hmm. He's got that charisma. This is why he's doing TV, right? (laughs) Yeah. We go from there, a quick cut to see Rebecca singing in the kitchen. Excellent. We get more of Mandy Moore singing and I love to hear her sing like every chance.
1: I know. And um, I saw some folks um, just this morning, some folks were complaining that they were hoping that this wasn't going to turn into Mandy Moore singing in every episode. Um, and and I was like, you know, I, I don't feel that way at all. I, w- I would like to see her sing more.
0: I know. I could take it. She and Jack <laughs> discuss about which colors to wear that night because the, they're going to the boys' football game and the boys are not on the same football team. So who are they going to look like they're rooting for? And it turns out Jack has a huge meeting that night. I mean, this is a big one. He's signing a contract to close some big deal. Right. Rebecca that afternoon has a singing gig practicing with a band. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to tweak their schedules so they could be there. And they're so focused on all of the logistics of family that you get into, like, you know, who's going to drive who and how are we going to get there, that Jack almost gets out the door without having kissed her goodbye. Right. She stops him. And she doesn't even have to say it. You know, she's just like, Jack? And he's like, oh, God, you know, forgot to kiss you. And comes back and gives her the kiss.
1: Yeah. And he says, you know, like, oh, I'm all over the place. Um, and- yeah. And. Um, it, it's kind of true too, and we see a little distance between them. Where he says, um, where when he says he's closing that Doylestown deal. Of course, I remember the town because it's in PA, and I know where it is. Okay, um, <laughs> he says he's closing the Doylestown deal. She's like, oh, you got that deal? Like she didn't even. Like somehow she missed it and he says, no, I definitely told you about that. And Ah. it could be either. Like we really don't know. Did he tell her and she just didn't hear it? Or did he not tell her and he just remembered telling her? That's the kind of thing that happens when, you know, they're probably most of their conversations at this point are about the kids. And then he's at work all the time. Exactly. Um, So they're kind of showing the the, um, change in their relationship where they're not as connected to each other with all of the other things that they have going on.
0: Right, right. And it sounded to me that he was pretty clear and confident that he told her. It's just it was not on her radar at all.
1: Right. I mean, I, I think it's, it's as equally. I mean, I, she seems like she's feeling like he's very far away and he's maybe not noticing it as much. But on the other hand, you know, maybe it's the other way around as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And something that just occurred to me is it could also be that she really does have so much of her focus on Randall that it doesn't only affect Kevin, that it's kind of pulling away from Jack a little bit. Right. Okay. because we cut from that scene to Kevin in Randall's office and there's a pic of Randall with their mom, the two of them together. Yeah. On Randall's credenza in there.
1: Yeah. And like recently, too.
0: Right. Right. And Randall comes in on the phone with mom and she's saying she's not coming. And they both he and uh, Kevin hedge a little bit about committing to dinner with just the two of them if their mom's not coming.
1: Right. It was sort of like they were each giving the other one the chance to back out. It was like almost another competitive moment where neither right. one of them wanted to be the first one to say, well, I don't want to go to dinner if it's just us two.
0: Um, and so they both
1: end up committed to
0: this situation, right? They do it. They say, you know what? You and me, you and me, we're doing it. Right. So, um, and then we see a a pretty quick cut where Kevin has taken Randall into a club where Randall is totally a fish out of water. Mm -hmm. Totally. They're really trying to connect, but you can see how stiff Randall is in that situation. Well, like he's out of the loop. And, and um, he like, like within a couple of
1: minutes, um, Kevin kind of throws out a couple of pop culture references and Randall like doesn't get any of them. Right. Um, So he's clearly like, yeah, he's just living in a different world than Kevin.
0: Totally, totally different world. Couple of girls recognize Kevin, they want a selfie with the Manny. Randall trying to step up says, Oh, I can take a picture. And Kevin's like, No, no, no. And then it's not a selfie. Right. you know, So, yeah, we we get that. Randall is the classic square Mm -hmm. in this situation.
1: Yeah. You know what I thought was really interesting? I saw somebody saying, now I'm in this Facebook, there's a huge Facebook group for this show. um, Yeah. And I, I saw somebody saying, like, couldn't they have made, like, both? Kevin and Randall attractive, like, and they have cast them both as attractive men. And I was like, what? Like Randall is super attractive. Yeah, I think so. Like, I just didn't get that at all. I mean, I think Kevin is pretty fly too. Um, But I thought Randall is super attractive. So I didn't think they were playing him as, or casting him as that much of a geek. I think it's almost surprising, you know, given how polished he is, that he's so out of touch with some of this stuff and that he's so awkward.
0: Right. They're both attractive men, but they're in two totally different worlds, Totally, really different worlds. So then we go back to Beth and William. Oh, God. William is not doing well at all. He doesn't want supper. You can see he's well into his illness now, maybe on medications that's making him not want to eat. And Beth talks about her dad died of cancer, which this is the first I think we learn of this. Yes because she said she didn't want to bring it up because it didn't end well. Right. Right. And William says death doesn't end well or something right, like right. that. Things
1: really go well or whatever.
0: Yeah. So she brings up the idea of medical marijuana, but said she didn't want to mention that sooner because she worries about his history of drugs. And William reassures her that marijuana is not a trigger, that even his doctor says this, that the having medical marijuana is not going to trigger him back into the, the hardcore drugs he had been doing. Right. Uh, but he says, you know, I am not letting you go out at night to try to score on my account. And much to his surprise, and probably all of our surprise, Beth says she has a little stash. I love Beth. She's always <laughs> got something new up her sleeve for us. I know it. She has a little stash. So with Randall out for the night, Beth says, "Let me get the girls, let me get their asses into bed, and I will make you and I some special brownies." Mhm. And William likes that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um we get now I oh this is so good. We get a brief scene of Jack in Miguel's office having lunch. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jack is clearly preoccupied. And when Miguel looks at him questioningly, like you're not even listening, he mentions that he almost forgot to kiss Rebecca goodbye that morning. Mm -hmm. The first time in 19 years. Yeah. Right. And then this flirty secretary comes in.
1: Yeah.
0: And she's beautiful as well, of course. Yeah. And she flirts with Miguel and he kind of responds. And as she heads out, Jack gives him the look, you know, like, oh, it's going, you know, Miguel shrugs. It's like, hey, you know, it's just fun. And all of a sudden, she comes right back in mm-hmm. to Jack and says, oh, I took your pen. And then she fixes his collar button and says, your wife should have gotten that. Yeah. I have to tell you, in my notes, I wrote down, bitch, poison. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because- I think, too, like I was trying to think about what they were trying to
1: show us in this scene and also maybe a little bit in the scene with Rebecca practicing that we haven't got to. Um, Yeah. And I think it's just kind of they're showing us how easily, um, you know, when you're raising kids and and when you've been together so long and you're both kind of like focused in different things most of the day, like how easily – somebody else other than your significant other um is like just becomes much more like much more like close to you and more involved in your world. Right. Like he probably right. sees more of the secretary um than than he sees of Rebecca.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although he's a little sheepish about it too. I mean he realizes like, you know, he's not going for it yet, but it would be so easy to fall into that kind of harmless flirting right. like Miguel did with her. Yep. Okay. But I still hated her for saying that about your wife should have got that because that's low. Yeah, (laughs) That's low. Like flirt, okay, but don't like start dissing his wife to him. Yeah. And you're right. Rebecca shows up for band practice and hugs an old friend there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently they had ties in the past with her singing.
1: Yeah. And he looks very happy to see her.
0: (laughs) Real happy to see her. And of course she kills it. She is clearly back in her element. It's more Mandy singing, but I was down with it because it oh, yeah. was great. Yeah, I
1: thought. And, and people were saying, oh, you know, I didn't really like, I don't really like Mandy Moore's singing. But I didn't, this song wasn't like something that I would have thought she would have like recorded on an album in the past.
0: Or but the song was the whole reason that we got that scene. Right. And the scene before it, because the song is what? Straighten up and fly right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Jack and Miguel need to straighten up and fly right. right. Don't be paying attention to this secretary. And for her too. Like there was an immediate warm connection with this guy when she came back in the room. Yeah, I,
1: and again, you could kind of see how with how distant she's feeling from Jack in, in this time period, um how, you know, maybe that like really like friendly and like really well connected um, kind of meeting up with this guy, you know, week after week at rehearsal could so easily just turn into something else, even for her.
0: Right, right. So I think those two little quick scenes could really portend something that's coming in further ahead episodes. Yeah, I agree. With, with the this. two of them, with the, tent- the the lack of connection between them and the temptations in the world with, to connect with other people mm-hmm. who are more within your own milieu like you're right jack is probably around that secretary all day long at work yeah and now that rebecca is practicing with the band she's going to be seeing this guy all the time mm-hmm. and connecting with him so we get that yes and now we go to kate and randall as teenagers mm-hmm. and kate is telling randall that kevin doesn't hate him he needs to loosen up and joke around more. Clearly, Randall's getting pretty pathetic over the whole rejection thing.
1: Oh, my God. It's so like, I, I just felt so bad for him. And like Kevin is just being like such a
0: little shit. Like, <laughs> like, just give him a chance, you know? Yeah, but he's being the brother. Right. Acting more so like the older brother, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although in my family, that was a little flipped around. I think my younger brother was more like Kevin and my oldest brother was more like Randall. Um. So, and Kate is piling on the makeup, which I loved. I mean, she's clearly enjoying this, making herself up and looking beautiful. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and she's always like very made up and very pulled together in yeah. the future. So um, we see that she started doing that as a teenager, which I really love.
0: Right. Randall says, you know, mom's going to kill you when she sees all that makeup. (laughs) Something like that. Um, We do later see Randall after Kate telling Randall, you need to loosen up. You need to joke around more. You know, he doesn't hate you. So we see Randall taking breakfast down to Kevin in the basement to try and connect. And he even jokes about the mold and the asbestos in the basement, which was not, it was like an awkward joke to make. Right. Okay. So clearly he does not really have the hang of (laughs) joking and connecting. Yeah. He's he's not too smooth in this scene. Not at all. And Kevin isn't having any of it. No. Kevin tells him to get out. Clearly Kevin is hurting too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He is in a lot of pain. Now, you know, he's being mean to his brother, but his pain is different mm-hmm. than his brother's pain. His brother's pain is because his brother wants to connect with him. Right. His pain is because his mom is not connecting with him. Yeah. And he blames that on Randall. hmm. Then we go back to the stoners. <laughs> <laughs> William and Beth in the basement. I'm telling you, <laughs> laughing at the glassy eyed. Right. And, and, and like they're. They're so stoned. Like, he's
1: asking her, like, how much, um, like, how much he was supposed to eat. And she's like, she's like, no, you did it right. And he's like, no, that wasn't the right answer to the question.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. Like, should it have been one piece or the quarter of the pan? Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> The uh, she's there laughing and she's saying, just don't wake up the girls. And just then, of course, the oldest girl comes down saying she knew she smelled chocolate. I can't keep the girl's names straight. I've got to look this up and memorize it. Yeah,
1: I know. Likewise. I Yeah, it's like I don't know their names. Well They almost always show them together and they don't say their names too much. So I think that's
0: I know. I know. So Beth says, no, these are grown up brownies. These are work brownies. I'll make you some kids' brownies in the morning.
1: Oh, yeah, I love these are work brownies because it doesn't even make any sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it play, uh, placates the kid. She goes back upstairs. And right. She tells her, don't wake your sister. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, don't do this. Yeah. William is laughing. William is laughing. Beth is talking about Kevin sleeping in her office. hmm And then starts laughing and says, I wish he would leave. (laughs) Right. Even though she's laughing hysterically, like the truth is coming out. I wish he would leave. All right. And then we go back to the guys at dinner and they're joking back and forth at the table. Mm Mm-hmm. An acting friend shows up and hugs Kevin. And Randall has no idea this is the co-star from the show. Yeah. Kevin realizes this and he's really hurt. Like he realizes Randall never watched his show, not even once, because Randall can't tell him what his character's name was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that it's like the tension comes right back in between them and Kevin gets up and walks away from dinner.
1: Yeah, I mean, which is kind of not surprising, though, right? Because if the, the one person who you, um, you know, wanted to show you some affection your whole life, was on a TV show and you were like not talking and very separated from them. Probably the last thing you would want to do is watch them on the TV show.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's that or just Randall's life has just been too busy with the girls and his work and he just never took the time to watch the show. Didn't think it was important. Just like Kevin wouldn't think it's important as he points out to him later that, you know, he trades weather and what it is he does. Right. Um, We go directly from that tension from them over dinner to their football game. Mm -hmm. And Rebecca and Jack are at the game. The boys are on opposing teams like Kevin's high school is playing Randall's high school. Yeah. Um,
1: That's tenuous at best. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of wondering about them, like, you know, having kind of, I mean, maybe there was nothing they could do about it. Both kids wanted to play football and just their schools are in the same league or whatever. So it was to yeah. Happen at some point. Yeah. Um, but it seems like as the parents, you would try and make that situation not happen.
0: Right. But what do you do? I mean, yeah. whose coach do you contact to say, keep him on the bench for this game? Right. Because that's going to hurt. Yeah. That's going to make brother conflict right there. If one has to sit the game out because the other one's playing. So you can't even do that. And plus, I don't think they Jack and Rebecca right now have it together enough to even consider, yeah. you know, I mean, Jack asks her about rehearsal and Rebecca totally lights up. Mm-hmm. She's like, it was so amazing. But just then they're interrupted by a friend talking to Jack. Mm-hmm. And after that whole exchange, he tells her, you know, finish telling me about rehearsal later.
1: Yeah. And then we get, um, we get the music coming in again. And the first lyric was, won't you please talk to me?
0: Yeah. And If, if you'd please talk to me, just talk to me.
1: Yeah. Um, and so we're really feeling that like rift between Rebecca and Jack. Um, and, um, and then also at the same time, The You know, we're sort of watching um, with the music playing over the football game kind of getting to the point where um, the boys are going to
0: have this clash. Right. Right. And the Please Talk to Me song, I think, applies not only to Jack and Rebecca and to the two boys, Mm -hmm. because, you know, the whole time Randall's like, please talk to me, just talk to me with Kevin. Right. We're getting it with Kate and Toby as well. Yes. Because, you know, she said, we can't be doing things behind each other's backs. You can't be eating sweets behind my back. That's why she encourages him to have the dessert there. You know, like we have to stay. We have to continue to communicate. We have to talk. Yeah. So the police talked to me. I loved that. Yeah. And you're right. We watched them playing football and... Randall tackles Kevin and then we see a second tackle and it turns into the full blown fight between the boys.
1: Yeah. They're ripping off their helmets and getting into a fist fight and the coaches are having to pull them apart.
0: Right. And Rebecca right.
1: and Jack are so far away from them, which I don't think was like sort of a mistake in the way that they decided to shoot this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebecca and Jack are so far away from them that they're yelling at them to stop it, but there's nothing they can do about it.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You hear Rebecca yelling, boys, boys. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that helps. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And just as the coaches are breaking up the fight, we cut to Randall chasing Kevin down in the street on the way home. Mm -hmm. And that's when he points out to Kevin that Kevin doesn't know what he does either. Right. Right. And Kevin tells him, but he was so proud of the show. And he said, you hate that show. You left that show. And he said, not at first. I was really proud of that show. And then he looks up and sees a huge billboard of the new Manny. Mm -hmm. And Kevin says, great, replaced by another black man. Mm -hmm. Which, whoa, that triggers it. Because Randall says, what the hell did you say? And then they get into the whole mom liked you best argument.
1: Kevin says, you always got special treatment. Admit that you were more important to her. Um, and then Rantle says, you treated me like a dog. That
0: was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and what's interesting, I made a note on my notes. And again, this is going back to probably way before your time, Rebecca, but I made a note about the Smothers brothers because this kind of animosity between brothers is so common that there was a comedy team, God, I, back in the 1960s, I guess, that were brothers, and the argument that they would always get into on stage was "Mom always liked you best." Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never, I never saw them. So right, this was their shtick, um, which was always hilarious, and it was always dead on because brothers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <And> <laughs> because uh, brothers, right?
1: It's kind of like an archetypical fight between brothers.
0: Right. Right. So Randall, yeah, Randall does. He alludes to Kevin treating him like a dog. And Kevin was the one he most wanted acceptance from.
1: Right. And, and then Kevin says, no, no, you didn't want me to like you. You know, you just wanted to show me up.
0: Right. You showed me up every second. Mm-hmm. Every second you were showing me up. And that's when they start fighting on the ground again. It was just like back in the football game. Yep. And a crowd forms. And who was it that asked Kevin, do you want me to call someone? I couldn't place him if he was from the TV show or from the play. So it was Seth Meyers who
1: actually was just playing himself as a celebrity. And it was a little bit of a weird scene because we haven't gotten any context to know that Kevin knows him. Yeah. But I think we're just supposed to assume because they're both in Hollywood, they kind of know each other. Probably Kevin's promoted, you know, the Manny on a show that Seth was on or whatever. Right. Um, And so Seth recognizes Kevin um, and and says, you know, do you want me to call somebody? Um, Yeah. And um, right. Well, and then, of course, Kevin says, oh, no, no, he's my brother.
0: Right. This is my brother. And then as they look up and realize that this whole crowd is formed and there's people even holding up cell phones to take pictures of the Manny fighting on the ground. Right. They both get up and run like hell to home together. Oh, you hear which, sirens in the background. too, Yeah. And that, which I loved that. It's like, we've screwed up. We better boogie.
1: Right. Um, and, and like for a moment, they're kind of like on the same team again. Yeah. Um, because like they could be there fist fighting each other. But like nobody wants, they don't want each other to get arrested.
0: Right. Right. So I loved that. Then we go back to stoned in the yard. (laughs) And William saying, I'm sorry, I couldn't be more help moving the heavy stuff. Yeah. At this point, we have no idea what he's talking about. Right. Beth talks about she grew up in a house with 14 people and like one bathroom and all she ever did was dream of being alone like in an artist's loft no husband no kids and william says what happened and she said i met your damn son and he ruined everything right jokingly william says it's funny cuz he has always lived alone but now has all of them and that this is mostly a good thing but now it makes him feel sad to die yeah which that's kind of heartbreaking. It's like maybe before he was like, yeah, okay, I'm dying, so what? Right. You know, he has the cat. Yeah. Well, now he he's discovered so much to live for, but he's still dying. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so um, they're kind of looking at Beth says she loves a night with a, a new moon. Um, right. So right. No stars and just the stars. And Williams starts to recite some poetry about it. Um, And, and it turns, as it turns out, Beth also knows this
0: poem. Yeah. She joins in reciting it.
1: Yeah. And, and William's kind of like, well, well, how do you know that? And she says, oh, it's from Randall's book that he's had since he was a baby. Mm hmm. Um, And then, You know, in that moment where they're both kind of sitting here, you know, still probably a little stoned, Mm -hmm. Liam lets
0: it slip. (laughs) Right, right. Just like she let it slip that she would really like Kevin to move out. Right. He lets it slip, oh, yeah, the one I gave Rebecca back in the day. Yeah. And then, oh. And when he tries to bow out, like, oh, I'm feeling bad, I got to go in, and Beth says, oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. You ain't cancering yourself out of this one, old man. Right, right. You better talk. <laughs> right? Yeah. You better talk. Um, then we get a quick flash to after the football game with Jack and Rebecca hustling the kids to the car. And Jack saying, get your asses in the car. Or we're going to talk big time at home. Right. So we went from you better talk to we're going to talk. Right. And just then we see the guys all grown up pulling at home. Mm-hmm. And Randall says, you're right. Mom did favor me. And I ate every bit of it up because the one person that I really wanted it from. And, you know, he kind of chokes up there. Yeah. And then says, you know, it was the first time in 36 years that you said, he's my brother claiming me. Mm -hmm. And at first, Kevin wants to argue that, but then realizes it's true. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, that really sucks. That really sucks. And I want you to notice that this is the whole talking thing. That song that was playing when they were um, playing their football game. Mm -hmm. Coming around full circle. They're doing those cuts again. With Beth saying, you better talk. Jack saying, get your asses in the car. We're going to talk big time. And then there they are in the car. And they're finally talking. Yeah. Yeah. We see Beth and William... Back inside, and Beth is furious to realize Rebecca has always known William. Mm-hmm. The guys come in, and one of them—I can't think—it's Kevin—says, "Whoa, someone's high." Uh-huh. Yeah, he just takes one look at their faces and their eyes, right? Randall said something about you and her get high again. Yeah, you- is that what he said? No, like he said, "You and my wife got high together." That's oh, okay. cool. <laughs> like he was surprised that it happened. Uh, yeah. And then he was like, okay, cool. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like totally read something different into that. Yeah. I thought Randall was really kind of appalled about it, no. but maybe not.
1: I thought he was actually like, thought it was cool that they were kind of bonding
0: and doing something like silly together. Right, right. But then we do see that Kevin has been moved to the basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what. William was apologizing for not being able to help more with the heavy stuff. Beth moved Kevin while they were stoned, all his stuff down to the basement because she wants her office back. Yeah. Um, I noted a decision made under the influence. Right. Kevin and Randall are in the basement and they're both kind of chuckling at the irony of it. And Randall immediately says, I'm going to move you back upstairs. And Kevin's like, no, no, I'm not going to be here much longer. I'm fine with this. Yeah. Then he asked Randall if he wants to hang with him in the basement a bit before bed. This is like the big, big peace offering. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to seeing Beth leaving a phone message for Rebecca saying, you've got some splaining to do. Right. Right? Yeah. And then back to the basement, we see... Kevin and Randall on the sofa together laughing watching reruns of The Manny. Mhm.
1: And did, did did Kevin say to Randall like, "Oh, you hate it,
0: don't you?" And
1: Randall was like, "Yeah." Is that what happened?
0: I something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like- but then we we get a lot of fast cuts now cuz we see teenage Randall looking at an empty bed in their room. Mhm. Sadly, and we see teenage Kevin in the basement. Yeah. Jack and Becca are getting ready for bed and she he says, oh, you, you know, you want to tell me finish telling me about rehearsal. And she's like, no, I'm tired. I'll tell you tomorrow. And we see that disconnect is still kind of there. Yeah. She realizes they never even had dinner. Yeah. Which Jack doesn't care. He's fine. But she heads down to the basement to eat some leftovers out of the fridge or in the the kitchen. Yeah. Um, Right. Right. In the kitchen. And she hears Kevin yell from the basement because the washer is making terrible noises and ask if she can turn off the machine. She says, you can always go back to your room mm -hmm. with Randall. Yeah. And Kevin just turns over. He's just not having it. Right. And we see her looking at the washer as she starts to fold some clothes and remembering when Jack bought her that one then remembers the older washers going backwards through the washers mm-hmm. until they're finally just the two of them at the laundromat together. Obviously, when they're first married, I mean, I remember that when I was first married, we had to use the laundromat. And Jack is saying someday he's going to buy her the best washer in the entire world. Yeah. So, which was a nice ending. It kind of tied it all up. Yeah. Taking us forward and backwards through the years with the washing machines. Right. Um,
1: Um, and just kind of like, um, I don't know that, that feeling like, you know, just sort of like life just keeps going and going. Um, mm -hmm. there was just something about that, um, that, I don't know, I felt like kind of connected the whole thing, like you were saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But the sad part of it was like, you see them almost like more connected in the early years when they're dealing with the laundry mat. Yeah. As opposed to the years where they finally have the best washing machine in the whole world, but now they're not connecting. Right. As much. Right. Exactly. Um, and I, that's kind of where I think this whole episode introduces us to is um, if you'd just talk to me. Yeah. And the lack, the, the break, the beginning of the breakdown between Kate and Toby, the beginning of the reconciliation between Kevin and Randall, um, which there's going to be a breakdown somewhere between Randall and his mom because Rebecca is about, I mean, Beth is about to confront her on the phone about the fact that she's known William all along. Yeah. Um, And the, the fact that Jack and Rebecca may be starting to pull away from each other a little bit fall away. I I wouldn't say pull away. They still totally love one another. But you see where they're not communicating. Yeah. And there's just so much else going on
1: and so much else that they're each dealing with, some of which is just inherently separate, uh, Mm -hmm. that um, it's just created that, you know, distance between the two of them.
0: Right, right. And the big question is, does this always happen through married life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With family and all the stuff that takes over, you know, you're going through washing machine after washing machine. Life is getting better in that now, you know, you're living in a better house, you have a brand new washer, you have, you know, right. but all the family obligations have taken over so much that you begin to lose that spark of the early romance and relationship.
1: Yeah. So So, maybe that was also part of why I think people didn't like this episode as much because mm -hmm. even the way that it ended, it kind of ended on a little bit of a downbeat. Um, Oh, absolutely. It did. Yeah. And, and there weren't really like this episode was kind of tough and there weren't really so many of those uplifting moments.
0: True, true. But I don't think there was meant to be. And it really did serve to move us forward. You know, ending on the downbeats and having so many downbeats, I can almost see that connected to the director of Transparent because Transparent tends to run that way. Interesting. I don't know if you've ever watched Transparent. No, I haven't. I find it a really down kind of show. Interesting. So it's not something that I, you know, run to go watch when they release new episodes. Right. If I have nothing else to look at, I'll watch it. But it's just not my my thing. I mean, because it is always... To me, downbeat, you know, and we got and that kind of came out through this one that it, it just felt downbeat the yeah. whole time. Yeah. But it gave us some additional insight to all of these people. Right.
1: I mean, you're going to have to these characters need to be developed, obviously. Like that's what's going to keep the show really interesting and and, um, you know, really impactful, I think.
0: Right. Right. So next week, I suppose we will get a Thanksgiving episode and um, our episode might be a little late next week, (laughs) depending on how we can connect and record because Thanksgiving week, we will both be in different places. We'll see what we can make work out. No promises for our listeners, I'm afraid. Right. We really want to hear what you all think about This Is Us. We would love feedback on the show. When you watch next week's episode, email feedback to joanne at joannthelifecoach.com. Any comments, it could be a sentence, it can be a few sentences. Don't write me an entire book because I can't read that much on on the podcast. But we would love to share your feedback as well and to hear from you. So again, that's joanne, J-O-A-N-N at joannethelifecoach.com You'll find me on Twitter at, at lifecoach and you'll find my website at joannethelifecoach.com
1: um, And you can find me
0: at uh, us. Until next week, keep it going and keep it real, people because this is us.